Rappers and them Cartiers I do my thing any harder way And if you know where we're going Then you probably gonna be coming with us Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Manly Celtics. It is an, it, on the East Coast. It is 9.35 in the morning, Sunday morning. Matt's got his cup of joe here. 8.35 down here in lovely Pensacola, Florida. And uh, we're ready to kick it and bring you a uh, report live here. How are you, yeah, Matt? I'm good. I went to the Sox game yesterday, so that was fun. Yeah, I'm sure um, we'll get some clips up and get your uh, get your outfit in here. You got the glasses. You got the uh, City Connect look going here. It's a it's a great look. Do you do you like these jerseys? I feel like they're very divisive. I like them a lot personally. I think they're, if anything, an interesting twist. You know, I am not really partial one way or the other. I just think I think that it's cool that. Uh, Major League Baseball is doing this, allowing some a little extra flair because they're notorious for uh, for being anti-fun. Um, so I think it's I think it's really neat. I think that some of the jerseys I don't think these are the best city jerseys. I think some of them are super cool. I really liked Arizona's. I think San Francisco's is cool. If they didn't do all white, it would have been a little cooler. I like the Wrigleyville ones too from the Cubs. So I'm I'm impartial, but I don't mind the I don't mind the the blue and gold. Yeah, I mean I like I like I always like the old Charger uniforms too. Like the powder blues just on eighteen, like look good. Yeah, and um, I've heard the take that that a lot of people think they'd be better if the it was powder blue with yellow lettering rather than yellow with powder blue lettering, which I can kind of see that too. I think that would maybe be a little cleaner. But overall, I think the jerseys look super nice. I I think I think they're they're a cool little twist. I know we wore them back to back for the first time. Is it true that they only wore them once before this weekend? I think so. Not hundred percent, but that sounds right. I thought it was like the, the day of the Boston marathon. Right. I know right. they, I know they wore it early in the season when they unveiled it, but I don't think they've worn it since uh, up till until this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I they saw, won, they've won both games. So yeah, no, I saw, I saw on Twitter though that we have to wear them until we lose. Yeah, um, so last everybody last, knows Twitter is the the end all be all of things that happen of, of takes and whatnot. But um, no, yesterday's game was sick though. It was the first time I've been to a Red Sox game in person in a while, mm-hmm. and I was a little nervous with the way the game started. Pavetta gave up two runs on two pitches just his first two pitches of the game which mm-hmm. is not great no. but uh the the offense it was pretty much like what you expect a most Red Sox games to do it's like the pitching was eh but the but the offense really came through um like Bogarts was three for four with a home run Dahlbeck looked really good Devers looks really good um so I was really happy like obviously Bogarts like I'm wearing a, a Bogarts jersey right now like he's he's my favorite player best shortstop in baseball in my opinion no doubt and i'm glad he showed out for me yeah so that was that was fun to see it's always fun how nasty yeah he is it's always fun to go to a Sox game and have them play really well like yeah i've been to game i've been to Sox games where it's like they lose four to one and it's no fun i also have been to a game with uh 
like uh, uh, I've been to a Jackie Bradley Jr. three home run game. Like that was a lot of fun. But when they lose, it's not that much fun. Oh yeah, not at all. But no. um, um, the most exciting Sox game I've ever been to. I mean, not uh, that Jackie Bradley one was pretty sweet. But I went and saw Chris Sale have he had uh, seventeen strikeouts in in. I think it was only six innings. So like only one out was not recorded by strikeout and they ended up losing in extras to the Rockies. So that sucked. That's but, wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other take I have from that game is they really Darwin's on like the best reliever. That's just also like on the edge of explosion at every time. Yeah. That's like, so he's good. To... I don't think there's any argument that he's good. But any second, he could just implode. And I think they – it sucks. I did want to see him keep working, but he was very close to on the edge of implosion. Mm-hmm. And they brought Houck in, and Houck kind of shut it down. But he's – like, his ERA, I'm pretty sure it's like 3.08. Like, he's a really good pitcher. He just is very volatile. And you never know when shit's just going to hit the fan with him. So, And for him to be one of the few lefties in the pen – like, I, I don't think that there's a lefty – well, now that I'm saying it, I'm talking myself into an idea. The only lefty out of the pen that I really trust and it's going to make me squirm in my seat is probably at the moment Martin Perez. Yeah, that's it's not ideal. No, it's not. I mean, I, I, I trust Darwin's on. I think that he'll figure it out. I mean, he's a good pitcher. I just think that I, – I don't I don't know exactly what it is. Obviously, he just needs to throw more strikes. Like, guys don't hit him very well. It's most of the time he gets himself in trouble by walking a lot of guys. So, he just needs to, to figure that stuff out. That's obviously easier said than done. But Yeah. I saw, oh. I saw a couple videos and photos of his mechanics, and it it's just not – very polished you know what i mean like he can run it up there i mean he's he's throwing some some pus but like the i saw i saw a photo of his uh like his arm when it when he's um making contact with the um with his lead leg his arms like crooked behind him like this he's coming at it and i don't know it just wasn't very fundamentally sound and natural looking but he's throwing strikes most of the time so yeah hopefully he can figure it out with the control issues i think if he does he'd be an incredible reliever i don't think he's ever gonna be a starter i know when he initially got brought up that was something that was on the table i don't think that's ever gonna be a role for him because he's really just got two pitches and i don't i don't see him developing two more to in order to be effective so i mean he can develop one more and be a nasty reliever but i just don't think that uh he's ever really going to be that starter and the consistency thing. Like he's hard enough time being consistent with one inning out of the bullpen. Yeah. Making it six innings in a start. It's going to be a whole different ball game. Yeah. You're having a, having a whip higher than like 1.3 or 1.4 combined with the fact that he's only got two pitches. Doesn't really. Yeah. Hold yeah second, second time through the orders would, would really kill him as a starter, but we don't have to worry about that right now. No. I think the Sox are now a game and a half up on the Yankees. Yes. They lost yesterday, right? And Sox won, so game and a half. Nice. Yep. Okay, so that's good. A little bit of cushion. They play the Orioles again today. They end the series, correct? They end this series. I think they play the Orioles yeah. three. Uh, I think they go 
here, then they play the Mets, and then they play the Orioles and then the Nationals to end the season. Okay. That's pretty pretty favorable. So hopefully they can sweep uh finish the sweep today and then I don't know, win like two thirds of their games going forward, win every series going forward. Yeah. Should be I, all mean, set. I think um well, let me let me just do a quick record check. I know to to get to previous to the season, I think MLB said that the odds they needed to get about 91 or 92 wins to uh, to make it to the playoffs. And right now the Sox are 85 and 65. Yeah. So they have 12 games left. Um, so if they went two thirds. That'd be eight. So. 93. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they need to win two-thirds of the games from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's not too hard. No, it's not. So, hopefully the Nationals don't play spoiler at the end of the year. But um, certainly doable. They've won four straight. The pitching looks good enough to win them games if the offense can do what they're doing. I mean – did anybody else, um, anybody else from yesterday really show out for you? You know, did you? you no, I mean, out? I said like I said, Devers, uh, Bogarts, and Dahlbeck looked really good. Like he's he's turning it on. Schwarber yeah. didn't really have much of a game. JD had, I think he had one big hit, but nothing too crazy. I mean, Devers, Devers and Bogarts, I think, were both three for four, or both had three hits, and they had like multiple RBIs, I think, for each of them. So. And- Bobby had a big double. Um, I yeah. know I think he had two doubles actually. I think you're right, actually. Um, I know over the last I saw the stat over the last 50 games, I believe Bobby Dahlbeck is has a 1.019 OPS, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think coming into or after yesterday, I think he's been like 300 in the month of September with like 12 extra base hits. Yeah. It's pretty so sweet. So he's tearing the cover off the ball. So hopefully he can keep that going into October. He's he's put his uh, batting average. I know not a lot of people put much stock into batting average, but um, he's got his average up to like 245 after an abysmal start. He was hitting 210 yeah. for the longest time. So Yeah. I think his splits are literally like 210 for the first half pre-All-Star and like 290 post-All-Star. So he's really turned it around this the second half. But – those are all those are all my socks takes. If we want to start moving on to the Celtics stuff, we got yeah, we well, got Q and A today. That was a good open. Like, yeah, like you said, Matty. Well, we have a Q and A. We got some great feedback from uh, from our listeners and from some fans around here. Um, I figure we start with the questions we got from the Instagram page. Um, Shout out Ben Knowlton. First question of the day. How good would Rob Williams be if he played 36 minutes a game? Um, so this is this is obviously based around me often comparing 36 minutes to Rob Rob's 36 minute stats to right. other centers around the league. But I think Rob is gonna have much more opportunity this year. And I think if you were to play 36 minutes a game, he'd be probably a tier below all-star caliber player this season. I think that passing is gonna continue to improve. I think that defense continues to improve. He's already a good rebounder. He's a great interior finisher, obviously. So, so I have I have a stat line in my head. If he was playing thirty six minutes, tell me how close this is to you. Um, Sixteen nine 
and four with two blocks? Uh, I I agree with the – I'd be a little lower on the assist, maybe like three and a half. But blocks I agree with. Points I was a little bit lower. I don't think like – I think if he had a, just a, played more minutes, he probably wouldn't have um, – I think he'd probably be closer to like 13 or so. I think he averaged a couple more boards. I think he averages like, like per 36, I'm pretty sure he averages like 12 rebounds a game and 12 points a game. So, okay. I think he'd be probably closer in rebounds, maybe like 11 or so and like 13 points. All right. But so, I don't think it's too. No, the, the, I mean, I think I, from the, my, the 16 for me came from that's only. Four lobs, two trips to the free throw line, and two jump shots. Yeah, I mean, that's something that if it can come, if he can be like Bam and consistently hit that like 12-foot jump shot, 10-foot jump shot. Yeah. Then he can, he can definitely expand his offensive game, become more potent of a score. But we're going to have to see that. looking for him to, to add that to his game along with obviously everything he has, prove his uh, – Improve his team defense. Obviously, he's an indiv- uh, individually, he's a great rim protector. Maybe improve that perimeter defense a little bit. Be a little bit more switchable. Maybe bulk up so he can handle some of those bigger guys. And, yeah, I want to see that that passing um, continue. Because he looks great as a passer, but a lot of times he was doing it to guys in the second unit. He was throwing great dimes to Semi, and Semi was breaking mm-hmm. a three in the corner. So, hopefully those turn into buckets and turn into assists for, for Rob. I think I think everything that you just brought up there is going to be heightened due to Al Horford's return. I think I think those two are going to go at it in practice, and I think Al is going to attack him specifically to make him tighten up his game to really have like big man battles down there. I think Al Horford is the perfect mentor for a guy like Rob to be able to change the aspects of his game because I know Al Horford wasn't as athletic as Rob coming into the league, but he was a different player completely. I know we've talked about this before, but like Al Horford is the type of guy to come in and to kick your ass from day one and to make you really legitimately change what you have to do to become more successful in the league. And I think, I think Al's going to be right there stride for stride helping him too. He's going to be yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think that from what, what I've heard from pretty much everyone that's played with uh, Al is like – and even Rob went back when he was there in Boston, I think just Rob's rookie year. Yeah, just his rookie year. He was like, Al's just a tremendous leader, tremendous mentor. Like, he's always willing to talk to young guys. Like, he's always willing to share all the knowledge he has and help you out. So, I think it will be a huge addition just for, just for Rob's development as well. No doubt, no doubt. Thank you, BK, for the question. Our next question comes from uh, Nolan. Predict Peyton Pritchard's points per game this year. A lot of P's. Um, yeah, Peyton Pritchard's points per game. Yeah. Um, Projection. What? Project, too. Add, add, the, add the, that. Thing. Yeah, projection, yeah. That's a lot of alliteration right there. Um, work, Nolan. I I don't think it's going to be that big of a leap just because I don't think – like, normally when you see guys rookie their sophomore year, usually you see their opportunity increase as well. Um, Pritchard had a really kind of rare opportunity to be on a, a playoff team and still play a lot of minutes as a rookie. But I don't see him getting that big of a jump because now it's like we talk, we've talked about it a couple times. Like, there's a lot of guards on this team. And, like, I don't know if he's going to get 
an additional opportunity. I think his minutes might be down um, just a tad. Like, I think he might be around like 18 minutes a game as opposed to 19.7 he was at last year. I got 19.2 here. 19, what was that? 19.2. Okay, either way, like 19. I think it might be down like a minute or so, a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even with that, I think he's still going to increase his points per game just because I do think he has taken a leap. I think that he's going to be a little bit more consistent coming into his second year. I mean, he looks so good during the summer league aside from the championship game. So I, I do think he'll be close to, around, I, I'd say, around nine points per game. My, so I don't think it's going to be a huge leap, but I do think it's going to be uh, a definitely an increase. Uh, yeah, a, a contr- a, a, I think it's going to be a contribution leap too. I mean, just raw stats right here, 19.2 minutes last year in 66 games played, 7.7 points on 44% shooting from the field. I, d- I don't think that 44 changes. I think it could only go up. The, uh, I, nine, nine points is the number I had in my head too. Um, I just think, and this is the concern among many uh, media members and people that follow the Celtics is with an increased role on the team, how will he fare against uh, starting defenses, you know, against, against guys in the backcourt that are going to really key on him as a primary ball handler and a guy that he can go get his own shot. Like how will he, because we well, saw in the summer league, we saw um, what is it? Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell, yeah, really, really put the brakes on his ass. Um, well, he's not going to be the the center point of an offense most of the time, especially when he is running with the, like starters. But even the second unit, like I, I don't think. I mean, this wasn't necessarily the question, but I think Schroeder's going to come off the bench this year. And I think if defenses are looking at a second uh, second unit backcourt of Schroeder and Pritchard, they're going to be keying in more on Schroeder, whereas Pritchard a lot of times isn't going to get the the best defender, best guard defender on the court a lot of times. So I do think he has a real chance to excel um, when he is playing with starters. Clearly, he's not going to be really keyed in on when he's playing alongside Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. He'll be, have a lot of great opportunities for spot up shots. I do think you're right. His contribution is going to be a lot more because I don't know if his percentage has changed much this year. But I do think, at least passing wise, he'll he'll facilitate the ball a bit more. Which he's he's was showed that he had ability to pass. But once again, last year he was thrown to guys like Grant and Semi, who weren't really cashing in on those on those passes. So I I, I don't think it's going to be a huge leap from him. But I do think that he'll have an opportunity. I think he's in a situation where he'll be able to expose maybe um, some some second some second unit players. Even some even some lesser starter wing defender or guard defenders. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are there are very few teams that have a true defensive stopper in the backcourt. You know, I mean, a lot of the Eastern Conference teams don't specifically. And I mean, like if you go down and look look at the playoff teams from last year, Drew, Drew Holiday is is as stopper as it gets. But yeah, I mean, but I'm I'm but, talking I, I, that. That I mean, Drew Holiday was the reason, the not the the reason the Bucks won the championship last year, but he was the missing piece that they needed. But I mean, the best defensive stop guy in the backcourt for Philly, TJ McConnell and Matisse Tybul. Well, no, I mean Matisse is, is solid, but once again, like he probably won't be Matisse a little bit longer away. Richard. Um, He'll probably be on like guys like Jalen Brown or even Schroeder. I mean, uh, 
I don't think Simmons is going to play on the. Uh, sorry, I don't think no. Simmons is going to play. No, not on not on Pritchard, not on Philly. So, well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't think he's going to play on Philly no matter what this year. So that you get rid of that, another good perimeter defender. That that's a that's a topic for a later discussion. The demise and the where whereabouts of Ben Simmons in the next couple of weeks. But I mean, <clears throat> just going down the list, I mean. Atlanta has DeAndre Hunter as their most. Uh, but he's more. I mean, he's more of a wing. He's not. He guards guards like Pritchard. Um, I can't. I, mean, even, I can't think of a guy on the Knicks. Uh, I mean, like who's a real incredible like on ball guy in that back. I mean, you're gonna have Ke- you're gonna have Kemba and D Rose on as your backcourt a lot of times. Like that. Those are that's gonna be easy money. Right. I mean. D Rose is certainly no spring chicken. Kemba neither. Yeah. Like, no, neither one have ever been known for their defense. So yeah. Plus they're both thirty-two plus. Yeah, they're both on the wrong side of thirty. <laughs> I mean, who else? I'm, I'm. Indiana has Brogdon, but again, would never be on Peyton Pritchard. Um, Toronto. I mean, they have Fred VanVleet who's a fine defender. He's not winning all any defensive teams, but. Um, no, well, who's their other who's their other starting guard now? In Toronto? Yeah. Uh will it be Scotty Barnes or will he be playing? Uh, I think I think Scotty Barnes is playing. I'm just trying to think in my head right now who would be the starting shooting. Oh, they have uh what's his name? Uh Gary Trent. Gary Trent, yeah. Who's He'll not probably starting for him. Defensive player. No. Uh, Miami Miami could cause some issues. I mean, they got Kyle Lowry and they have Jimmy Butler. Um who are, who are good good defenders who will play on guards a lot of times. Um, yeah, but I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, I would see more of Duncan Robin, Ty, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero on a guy like Pritchard. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree as well. If, if, Jimmy, if Jimmy Butler's on the floor, it means he's going to be guarding either, either Tatum or Jalen, I believe. I mean, there wouldn't be any reason. <clears throat> For him to stick him on, for the Heat to stick him on Dennis Schroeder or Josh Richardson or yeah. anything like that. Um, I mean, so I did bring up the fact that he probably wouldn't be great against uh, like starting caliber wing players, but I don't think, like you said, that the matchups are going to be there that often. Yeah, I think he's going to be for, the forgotten about guy, and he's obviously a, a knockout shooter. I think that's where a lot of his opportunities are going to come more spot up opportunities obviously still has the ability to create off off his off the dribble and get his own shot so you want to move on to the some other questions we got i think four more questions some of them are a little bit tied together we start Uh, with the ones from them yeah what is this what is this forum you're on here it looks like so this is it's discord it's on the trill trill withers discord um many of our the followers of the great Tyler I am. Um, I asked the, the Celtics fans in the chat, do you guys have any questions? We're, we're doing a QA. and a Do you have any questions about the Celtics this year that maybe you want to see us attempt answered? Um, and we got four responses, which is awesome. Um, the first one, which I think is, is very interesting and something I've, I've thought about personally a lot is the big man rotation. Yeah, this is something that I haven't thought about an incredible amount. So I'm interested to... Uh hear your hear your ideas so so i took the big man rotation though also as um 
like power forward and center because I do think there's a lot of questions for the power forward position. I do want to have that answered. Yes. Um, I think one of them, though, just right off the bat, like there's 48 minutes for, for each of those positions. So 96 minutes total for between the four and the five. I think Jason Tatum will play a majority of his minutes at the four this year because the way the team is developed um, or the way that just the, the roster construction. So I say he plays about probably 30 minutes at the power forward position, maybe like six minutes a game at small forward in case they want to go real big lineups. Um, I think Al Horford's going to play, I don't know, like I'd say, I said like six minutes or so at the power forward position, maybe alongside Rob a little bit in short spurts, not as a starter, but I think he plays um, some minutes at the power forward. I do think he plays probably like 16 to 20 minutes a game at the center position. Yeah, that's um, a lot. But the biggest thing, though, is it's so matchup dependent. Is there like you're asking for rotation, but I think the rotation can be different every day based on the matchups. Yeah. Because then you look at power forward, then you still have 12 minutes remaining for power forward. Um, you have Juan, you have Grant, you have Jabari. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, I think maybe they throw, I think Grant and Juan, a lot of what they bring to the table is three-point shooting, or at least the hope is they bring three-point shooting. So I think they're going to be interchangeable with whoever's the hot hand. Yeah. Um, I think Jabari, when they're in real need of need of some offense and they have a good defense lineup out there, I think Jabari's going to get some opportunities. If he is the one that makes a, uh, make it out of, out of camp, which isn't guaranteed yet. Because I do think there's three non-guaranteed contracts that – and they only need, I think they need to choose one to, to bring onto their roster start the, to start the regular season. I think it's he, really? Cornette, and then Jawan Morgan are the three that are non-guaranteed at this point. Mm -hmm. So I, I likely think because I think they have 18 on their roster, and I think the most they can take is 16. Yep. So I do think that they'll – I mean, Jabari's Jabbar spot isn't guaranteed, but I think that if he does make the team, he will see an opportunity because he's definitely the best out of those three at consistently creating his own offense. Like, he's a good shot – creator from the low post like he can do a lot he can do the mid-range he's not really a three-point shooter but he can provide offense obviously he has his defensive limitations that's why it might be good to put him beside rob where at least he can maybe force funnel things in and get to the rim um center though so this i talked about that i think probably two of juan grant or jabari will play a night maybe one if one's got the hot hand just taking up those last 12 minutes i think eventually one will emerge as the the power forward that's been playing the best mm -hmm. once again still matchup dependent um for center we have rob i think rob's probably gonna play like 24 to 26 ish minutes a game at center mm -hmm. i don't think he's gonna play a full full 30 i do i think there could one you have al who's very clearly still capable of being an nba starter at a center position. So I think that they're going to continue to build Rob up. I think last year he only played like an average of like 16 or 18 minutes a game. So big, still pretty sizable jump in minutes. So he plays like 24. I think Al plays anywhere between 16 to 20 minutes a game at the center position. Once again, matchup dependent. I think he'll probably play more in games that Rob struggles against, particularly. Um, Rob just does not handle Embiid well. He doesn't handle obviously guys like Jokic well. There's only a couple guys in the league like that, but right. you do play Embiid fairly often, so I think it is important that Al plays those minutes. In addition to maybe Al playing more against guys like Embiid, I do think that's the opportunity that Ennis Canner can really can really uh, contribute to this team. Obviously, he's a big body. He's at least gonna. They're not. He's not good defensively. Pick and roll. He's obviously some of the one of the worst pick and roll defenders I've ever seen. 
Yeah. But in a big body situation, he's at least going to make MB, guys like Embiid and Jokic work. Um, and then you have you have Grant, who I do think has an opportunity to play some center this year. Maybe some small ball, maybe in opportunities where you really don't want to bring out um, NS Canner. I think maybe Grant can fill like some of those minutes, like five minutes game at the center position. And I think I think he could provide a decent amount, especially if he is providing spacing. But he clearly does best at when he's out of the center position, maybe alongside another shooter, maybe alongside Juan Hernan Gomez. He's not super switchable still, but I think he may be the most switchable um, out of Rob Ennis and uh, Rob, Rob Ennis and Grant. I think he probably is the most switchable. Um, obviously, that I don't have Bruno Fernandez at all, which I think that. I, I really liked him. I really would like to see him get an opportunity. I just don't see it happening right now. No. Unless he does wind up taking those minutes away from um, Grant in those situations where they want a more switchable center. Because he does move his feet fairly well. Obviously, he's not a guy that's going to be able to go on to most wings and play well. But when you get switched on to maybe a little bit some smaller centers, some some smaller power forwards, he seemed to be able to hold his own with, with his um, ability to move laterally. So I – I do think there may be an opportunity for him, especially if they just don't like Grant this year. If they're just, yeah. or if if MMA is not a fan of Grant, obviously new new coaches. If MMA is not a fan of Grant, doesn't really care about the spacing because he's going to put other shooters around um, Bruno. I think there might be an opportunity for Bruno to maybe steal like up to eight minutes a game in certain I, situations. Yeah, and the the point I wanted to make after you very adeptly gave us a, a great rundown there. Um, is that we haven't seen Ime coach this team yet, you know? Like, we haven't seen who he likes. We haven't seen the chemistry that uh, grows among the guys in his system. We haven't seen anything like that. So it's all very, uh, very hard to distinguish at this point. And I think think you did a, a great job covering that. I think... I think you're right that Al is probably going to play mostly center and Tatum's definitely going to play the four for the most part. Um, who do you have starting right now paired with Jason Tatum? Um, what, as, as in like at center? Yeah, at center, yeah. Oh, Rob. I think it's going to be Rob for sure. I just think the upside of starting Rob – and then obviously it could be one of those situations where Al's the closing center, but I do think you want Rob going forward. I think Al's going to be enough of a veteran to, to accept that as they've obviously extended a deal to make Rob the center of the future, mm-hmm. or at least for the time being. But either, either way, I think that's going to be Rob as a starter, Al coming off the bench. Like I said, it could be Al closing on him, especially against teams that they try and go small or if they have a guy that, that Rob doesn't particularly match up well against. Um, Al's slightly bigger body. He's I think 6'10, 250 as compared to Rob's like 6'8, 240. And Al's he's he's been, I mean, he used to be called the bead stopper. I don't think he's quite at that strength and athleticism he used to be to be as effective against the bead, but I think he'll still be a better option than any other big we have. No doubt. Um the reason I bring that up is uh a lot of the um like roster predictions and a lot of the um like lineup, I don't know, fan produced lineups that I see online have Al Horford starting in that position there. So that's, I just wanted to get your take on it. And I, I agree with you. I think there's no reason to give Rob, what, $48 million and 
have him not start for you. If you yeah. made that commitment to him and if he's healthy to play 24, 26 minutes a game, like there's no reason he shouldn't be paired with, yeah. with Tatum and those guys. And that's going to lead into a kind of another thing thought I have on Rob with another question. I can, we can get rid of that one. It's not necessarily in order. That one was brought to us by Wrangle. Um, Wrangle? Wrangle, Discord user Wrangle. Um, so the next one, I'm going to kind of skip around. I'm going to go to the, the one brought to us by Smooth Balls, Discord user Smooth Balls. Shout out Smooth um, Balls. Nothing better, right? He, he mentioned he talked about the, the Beal deal. Um, yeah. Like how likely is that we get Brad Beal? And that's another thing is if any I, – I don't think Al Horford stays on this team for more than a season. I think no matter what, whether or not it's Brad Beal, I think he and Josh Richardson are getting traded for um, an upgrade somewhere. I just think that's what it's going to be. Al's obviously only going to get worse from here on out. I think they gave that one-year extension to Josh Richardson to help facilitate sign-in trades. Um, I do think this could possibly why Beal hasn't said anything specifically about asking for a trade. Um, and he also hasn't tried, I believe he hasn't, he hasn't, he has the opportunity to sign an extension, but has not yet. I think he has a player option after this year, but either way. Um, most big contracts, got, most big contracts so, have the player. So option. I think, I think he's going to, he's going to decline after this year. Um, they're going to facilitate a sign and trade. I believe in a sign and trade scenario, he can get up to 47 million starting out per mm -hmm. year. So that would be obviously you need, I think Al's going to be making like 20, I think he's got a flat contract. I'm not hundred percent sure, but he makes like 27 mil. And I think Josh Richardson's going to make 12.4 next year. So that adds up to about uh, 30, almost $40 million. And you can find guys that on the roster that make like five, five mils, like, three mil just to make the money work. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of our young guys um, that aren't necessarily our key key pieces, but in order to facilitate that trade. So I think as of right now, I think the wizards would be asking for, um, would be asking for Jalen Brown, any sort of trade, but if it's a sign and trade scenario, they're not really going to have the leverage to do so. Um, so that kind of, and once again, it's going to, this one's going to loop back. So I do think Al's only going to be there for a year. So I don't think, taking Rob as a guy that was a starter last season, putting him on the bench for one year and putting him back as a starter the next season. I, I don't think that's really the best thing for his development as well. Um, yeah. That also talks about, this is also a two part. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish it. This is also a two part question about asking about what the future is with guys like Herring Gomez and Richardson. And like I just mentioned, um, Richardson, I think is for sure getting traded. Absolutely. Um, as part of as part of a, any sort of deal, whether or not it's Brad Beal, whether it's maybe like uh, Zach Levine or another another guy that can help the team, I do think Rich don't be traded after this season. And it was it was Herning Gomez. Herning Gomez was the other one. I don't see him unless he plays well, fits a role, and wants to sign for a kind of team friendly deal. I don't see him sticking around very long either. No, and it, he's only on on for one year, correct? Yeah, I believe he was only on a one-year deal. Right. Okay. So, if the Celtics would be getting uh, Bradley Beal, would you say that you'd have to get rid of one piece of Pritchard, Romeo, Naismith? Um, 
I think you'd probably get rid of Romeo. I think you could do it getting rid of like guys like Romeo and Grant. Because like once again, they're you maybe attach some picks, but like they're doing the sign trade, they're not gonna really have any leverage in this scenario. I think you'd probably attach like one or two first round picks. Yeah. And make them be happy with Romeo and Grant and some picks and maybe start just to help start their rebuild. So I, I really don't know. Yeah, obviously it's a terrible deal for, for Washington, but it's either Beal does that or he signs a one-year deal somewhere else and then tries to go to facilitate a trade to Boston. Facilitate a trade to Boston. But either way, I think he's if he's gone, I don't think they're going to try to play hard to get. Maybe they do have to give up a guy like Smith. I really hope not, or Pritchard. Um, I really think Smith just because of – age and what i've seen so far and his skill set i think i'd rather keep neesmith right now over any of those other two guys really yeah just because like like you said like yeah i mean pritchard's i think 24 years 25 years old or 24 years old i think he's 23 24 i think he's i think he's only a couple months older than me yeah so i think i mean but that's neesmith is 21 yeah. He's a couple years younger. He's a he's a wing that looks to be a real guy, a real three and D player, like legit, like three and D, like can shoot forty percent while also playing um, above average defense, rebounding. The and ball. I, yeah, a guy that's a just tenacious player, and I think that provides more value than finding a smaller guard that is a fine defender that can shoot threes. Like I think you can find that a lot easier then you can find a guy like Aaron Neesmith, especially at the, the, the age difference is really also what it really kind of gives, gives way to their ceiling. Obviously after this season, maybe it maybe have a different opinion. If Pritchard takes a big leap and Neesmith kind of doesn't looks, uh, looks like he hasn't, then maybe I, I switch my tone on that. But as of right now, I think Neesmith is of more value as an asset right now to the Celtics. Fair enough. Um, give me a percentage on you thinking Bradley Beal comes to the Celtics next year? I think it's about a – I'd say it's 50-50 right down the middle. I, my guess – I was guessing you would say 60 because 60 is where my head is at. I wanted to say 67, but I was like, that feels a little too high. But yeah. I think 50-50 is pretty fair just because I do think 50% chance that he comes. Then there's also like the chance that, okay, maybe we don't trade for him specifically, but we trade for – someone else of maybe a slightly lesser caliber or maybe we don't do anything at all maybe we just trade al for one piece and richardson for one piece Uh, so there's a lot there's a lot to be determined but i i just think that there's too much that could happen between now and next year for me to be more confident than like 50 50 yeah absolutely maybe uh, leading into our next question, um, maybe we uh, maybe we get interested in Dennis Schroeder for another couple of years and get him on a cheaper contract um, and move Al for a guy, not a Bradley Beal type, but uh, another contributor, keep Schroeder around for a little bit. Um, what are your expectations for Dennis Schroeder this year? Uh, who's this question from, by the way? Sorry. This is from Colonel Magoo. Colonel Magoo. Some great names. Um, so I think that he has a lot to prove this year. Yeah. I think he's really trying to obviously rebuild his value because he lost out on 
70 something million dollars last year right um good chance we still high on him on the deadline he's playing really well the celtics are maybe in a five five or six seed again and pritchard's playing well but he's getting capped for minutes um and they feel confident that going forward that they can still um be a competitor and they think the brad beals in their back pocket for next season maybe they sell high get a young piece that can help them later on mm-hmm. um, maybe even get a pick or something for him a first round pick right. um, for a team that really is desperate to have a point guard because maybe something happens or maybe they, they don't have a point guard to begin with so i think there's a good chance we sell high on them i have very little um hope or very little expectation that he signs next year with us I do think, like you said, I don't think he's going to pass up an opportunity. Maybe he doesn't go for $80 million next year, but maybe he tries to go for four for 60. Maybe he just tries to sign a bigger deal with some financial security. I don't think the Celtics are going to take him back on any big sort of deals unless we completely strike out in um, the sign and trade market. But even then, I don't, I don't think necessarily he's the best fit beside a guy like Martin Smart, just because neither of them are plus shooters. and You don't want to have really that as your future backcourt. So, no. And you have a guy like Pritchard coming up who who does who does shoot the ball extremely well. Maybe it would be a better fit beside Marcus Smart, especially if he continues to improve his playmaking. And so I, I just think I just think Schroeder's probably not the best fit for us going forward. I think there's a really high chance um, we rebuild his value in the first half and try and sell him for something that helps us uh, next year or maybe a few years into the future. So what does his what does that value look like? What would the what would be like the selling like the selling point on Schroeder if he comes out and scores what if he scores 15 18 a night if he's getting like 15 a night and like averaging like six or so assists being effective maybe he gets hot from three maybe shooting league average from three yeah um maybe maybe you do get a team I'm trying to think of a playoff team that's in like in desperate need of a point guard right now or a team that projects to be a playoff team maybe a team Denver um, I mean, Denver's got Jamal coming back. He's, he'll yeah, be back. I mean, he'll be back this but season. They, they, they would be pretty lethal with Schroeder coming off the bench there. I mean, I think Denver would be a good fit. Yeah, maybe – you're right. Maybe they, they want uh, Schroeder as a six-man to play in some of their they, – they need a guy like Schroeder um, to kind of bolster their bench unit. And they're willing to sell us a first-round pick, a future first. Or maybe they're willing to sell us um, – trying to think of any of their young players they still have left because I know they get up a lot during the – all I can think of is bowl bowl, but <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. But um, maybe they give us one of their young kind of promising pieces. Um, I think probably first round pick would be of more value. And then we can use that first round pick maybe later on to help flip it and set later deal for Beal. But yeah. I, I do, I do think there's a good chance we sell high on them. Um, I really don't like um, who else, who else could use some point guard depth Phoenix, maybe if campaign isn't, the monster he was in the playoffs. Uh, I'm just trying to think of West teams because I know they probably wouldn't trade. I mean, they could trade in the East. I mean, even the, even the maybe even the Clippers, like the Clippers only have really Reggie Jackson, right? Yeah. Pat Bev's gone. Yeah. So it's like maybe they need it, need another guy off the bench. Maybe they're playing surprisingly well without Kawhi. Maybe Kawhi is, is looking to get back before playoffs start. They want to make a playoff run. Um, so so maybe I mean those are some options. Portland. I can't think of anyone in the Clippers right now. I mean Portland. I mean they have they have what's his name? They they have Anthony Simons who likes to act as a secondary point guard. Maybe they don't necessarily need him. 
Right. And I feel like they're they're pretty guard heavy as it is. Yeah, with a enough. lot of their talent, so I think they probably want to go with the wing. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, I don't know. Could be a couple things. I, I do think there's a good chance that we do we do trade high on Shar because I I don't really like the fit right now. Then, like I said, I think we keep Richardson for the for the length of this year and try to move him next year. So I don't think we're going to trade Richardson, but I don't love the fit of he Richardson and Smart um, sharing a lot of backcourt minutes together. Like those are three below average shooters. And yeah. probably two of them are me on the court uh, a large percentage of the time. Right. Um, I do see Dennis Schroeder bringing some in intensity and some, uh, some, some extra grit to this lineup that – I mean, Kemba was intense, but I don't think the intensity was uh, conveyed to maybe the defensive end, to maybe to, like, going on these runs that, that win games, like – being able to – I mean, Kemba's a guy that can go up and put six, eight points up by himself in a run. But Dennis Schroeder is also – I mean, it's just a little bit of a different player, a little bit more uh, more of an electric guy. Like, uh, I don't know. I think I think he's going to be a valuable piece to this team, at least for the, for the first half, like you said. I think, I think there's a high chance he does get traded at the deadline, um, especially with Richardson, with Pritchard with Romeo, with these guys that are going to be able to play the two guard and uh, including Marcus Smart too. Um, but I do do think it's going to be fun to watch him play at least. I mean, first Celtics player to wear number 71 too. Yeah, it's kind of a whack, a whack number. I mean, Super whack. it's tough though. A lot of the good numbers are taken by by a lot of the Celtics legends. So it is, it is tough to find a good number for the Celtics anymore. Every number below 35 is pretty much taken. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, including um, guys that are already on the roster as well, you know? Yeah. Has it, did anyone wear – no, Wanamaker wore nine, which is – so I say, like, five – no one's worn five since KG, right? Like, I know they're retiring it. Or did they? No, yeah, they're retiring it this year. Right, yeah. But uh, no one's worn it since then, right? No. I don't think so. Okay. We'll just say that they didn't either way. Um, did our investigative journalism there. So we have one, we have one kind of funny question that we can end on. Right. Um, this is by, I believe, Dick, yeah, Diggy. Um, Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor. Why, why is he on my team? That is a question I asked myself. Um, I asked myself, I think he was the first move of free agency. That's how he kicked off all of our moves. And like I said, if I think he was like the last move, I think I wouldn't, wouldn't have cared as much at the time. Like right now, I really don't care. I don't think he's going to play a huge role. Um, we talked about earlier, I think it's going to be very matchup dependent. He plays any sort of role on this team. So I, I just don't see him really being that big of a contributor. So I don't really think it matters a whole lot. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we got a little bit of sign and trade money from signing Cantor. I mean, uh, we got a little trade exception from Cantor. Well, we didn't trade anything for him. He was a free agent. We had what a Cantor I... TPE last season. Oh, uh, that's what I'm thinking of. My bad, my bad. Yeah. yeah, we did have a Cantor TPE, but I think it ran out this this offseason. Um, we have a bunch of TPEs. I think we have like five right now. I can't think of all of them. But we have like the Moses Brown one, which is literally $500,000. Um, <laughs> Send that we, have, we have a couple others. Kemba. I think we have a Kemba one. I think we have 
don't know, we got we got a couple TPEs that could be could help us facilitate a trade for a player value come the deadline. Because mm-hmm. maybe we do sell high on Schroeder, and then maybe we're able to get a team that's selling at the deadline for a piece that we really need. Maybe maybe neither Hernan Gomez, Grant, or Jabari work out, and we do acquire power forward that can help us at the deadline. But so we we have some things to work with. But yes, Ennis Canner, I'm not a huge fan. I don't I don't mind him for the culture, but like he's not going to play a huge role. I don't really want to see him on the court too too much, getting no. getting toasted in pick and rolls. That's not what makes me happy in life. So no, definitely not. I think he is here to get the occasional offensive rebound and to play the occasional few minutes against Embiid when Al needs a rest. Yeah. Or, I mean, God forbid, but we do – I mean, Al and Rob definitely aren't the healthiest human beings in the world. They definitely are. So, hopefully hopefully only one is maybe at a time we bump up the minutes to the other and then we maybe mix and match Fernando, Grant, and Ennis to provide some minutes. But I really don't hope he plays a massive role. I just hope we kind of use him in spurts and get matchups that are very favorable for him. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but – in the long run, I don't mind Dennis Cantor being on the team. No, I just I, I don't mind him as a person. I like him on the I didn't like him on the team. I just don't really want to see him play on said team. Fair enough. Good good locker room guy. Yeah. He is he is pretty funny on Twitter every once in a while. So I, I don't I don't I don't hate it, but um hated hated by uh a, yeah, hated by the Turkish president. Yeah, Eastern European country, which is is Turkey Eastern Europe? Probably. Yeah, I think so. Um, it looks Eastern European, but that's always cool. I mean, you've got uh, he's an international man of mystery. Yeah. Um, I mean, that stuff goes by like uh, that's just that's a, that's a whole a whole heap of stuff that. Uh, with That's him and the like, Turkish government. Yeah, I wouldn't want the Turkish government. Uh, I definitely, I definitely seem to. Have, I definitely think I take his side in, in the matter. I think they're pretty uh, messed up over there. But um, hopefully, that wasn't too hot of a take right there. But I don't think so. Okay. Well, that is that is all the questions we have. Do you have anything else, Emery? Um, I don't. It's football Sunday. Um, got anything? Yeah, I don't has. Has DeAndre Swift been um, for sure given a go? I think he was ruled out yesterday. Was he really? Damn. He was questionable all day yesterday. I was checking. I'm going to take him out of my lineup ASAP because Let me see. I don't know which league I have him in. I think I have him in two oh. leagues. I have too many leagues. Still question. But even if he's, even if he's questioned, I have to pull him, dude, because he's the Monday night game. Like, I can't wait, like, yeah. and have everyone play the games and then him just not play. I can't just eat a roster spot. Right. Detroit Free Press reports the running back is expected to be available for the primetime matchup. I know, but if it's still questionable, it's like I don't want to. I don't want to risk it. I want to play one series either and quit. So I might just. I might just. I did that with Fournette a few years ago, dude. I played Fournette every single week. He was questionable. He'd play like two series, and then he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm hurt again." Uh, Yeah. Uh, Logged a full practice yesterday after being limited all week. So is that not what? What do you think, fantasy expert? Emory Densmore. Uh, I I I bet he plays. Um, they're playing the Packers though. I think they're probably. Um, let me take. Are you which 
you're talking in the dynasty league? I don't know which league I have them in, dude. I have five leagues. I can't remember which one I have them in. I think it's honestly, like, not a league I play with you in. I think I have them in, in a different league. I'm in too many leagues. Next year, next year, I'm capping myself three leagues. Three leagues is the, the correct number. Let me look, because I don't think you have them in. I'm playing you. I think I'm, I have Jamal Williams in one, but I don't think I have the other. Yeah, I'm playing, I'm playing you in our dynasty this week. So, so you just need to make sure I'm not – you're not uh, – uh, what is it? Boning yourself, I guess, is the word I'll use. Yeah, you don't have him in any of the leagues I'm with, with you. Cool. So you can tell me the, the information. What do you think? I think, I, I think I'm going to sit him. I think I'm going to sit him. I think I'm going to do it. Sorry. That's all right. That's my <laughs> – Mm, yeah it's just it it always it always it always screws me whenever i do that i had a rule like no matter what when guys were game time decisions i'd always sit up no matter what it, it hurt me a lot of times but a lot of times it helped me uh-huh. so you gotta think you're playing less than 100 percent if you're a game time decision so right but occasionally um, guys will like just have two touchdowns or some shit yeah i'm playing against him in the espn league lucian's got him uh so hopefully it does come back to bite him uh, but he was Hopefully pretty starts and then he plays one series and quits. He was pretty, pretty big in the past game last week. So yeah, have it's him and Jam- well, I mean, and they do have a guy that's more of a third down, typical third down back Jamal Williams. So maybe they'll, they'll try and rest him on those, um, passing situations a little bit more just to like try and save him going forward. Yeah. I mean, he's, he is outside of TJ Hawkinson far and away their best player. So. I mean, honestly, though, the Packers might stalk, dude. So it might just be like in a competitive game and they yeah. might need him. Fair enough. So, okay. um, well, you want to pick the song for this week? Sure. Um, I want to do uh, Man Eater by Nelly Furtado. Man Eater by Nelly Furtado. Okay. Um, That's okay. Been, one of my, been one of my big songs this week in rotation, actually, the last couple of weeks. It's my, it's, uh, it's my shower song. Nice. Proud of you. Oh, yeah. um, okay. So any other closing thoughts? I don't think so. Good luck this week. I play you in the dynasty. You do? Yeah, dude. Dynasty's tough, dude. I, I have so many players on my team. I can't even, like, it's a little overwhelming. I'm not good at, I don't even know how to, like, really, like, make trades or, like, even add and drop players is difficult for me. I still haven't figured out that format of the Sleeper League. I want more roster spots. I know you do. You keep you keep <laughs> complaining about that. Hello. It's very evident. Okay. Well, yeah, best of luck to you as well. What's up? Best of luck to you as well this week in fantasy. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be keeping up over the afternoon. What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, my team shows out again. Like all, dude. All my teams popped off last week. I lost one game. But out of my five leagues, but even like the game I lost, like I still put up some numbies. Yeah, you did. You lost I scored once. Later. No, I won. Oh, you did? I won that one. They, yeah, you didn't see they stat corrected again. Did they really? Yeah, so I won by a stat. I won. They stat corrected. Bronson won. And they stat corrected again, and I won again. That's crazy. Holy so, yeah, God. I wound up winning that. I put up one, dude, three different leagues in PPR. I was in, I'm in three different PPR, or I'm in four PPR leagues. Three of them I put up 170. That's pretty crazy. Or more. One of them I put up like 186. Jeez. 
So like my teams are just wagons this year. So I'd watch out for me. I'm definitely I'd definitely be upset if I don't win money at least one of the leagues this year. Yeah, I mean you probably got a pretty healthy, pretty penny, pretty penny. Uh... I think I put in probably close to two hundred dollars altogether in just fantasy entry fees. So I gotta <laughs> gotta make a profit. You you got it. Yeah. Well, all right. This was a good episode. I enjoyed the question and answers. Oh, peace out, dude. See you, buddy. Yeah, we gotta do it. We gotta do this again sometime. Okay, yeah. peace. See ya. Toby. Take it back, take it back, take it back.